Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Welcome podcast listeners. This is Connie, and once again, I have the Sunday sermon echoing in my mind as I am preparing this podcast, because this week's readings really seem to support what Joel talked about on Sunday. Joel said, well, actually more accurately, Joel reminded us that the Bible says that God doesn't change, and his plan doesn't change. For this week's readings, Pat chose Isaiah and Amos, two Old Testament prophets, and also readings from Psalms written by David and his chief musician Asaph. So what I saw was that all that time ago, in Old Testament times, God was speaking through Isaiah and Amos the same message that Paul is giving in Romans and also in today's readings um, from Galatians. God spoke through the prophets and Paul And remember, Paul, as first a devout Jew, would have known the teachings from the Old Testament prophets. So God's message hadn't changed. We heard it from Isaiah and Amos and Paul, and we heard it in the Psalms that Pat chose, which tells me that David and Asaph recognized the same truth. They had an understanding of what God wants from us, which is our heart. He doesn't need anything from us, but God desires relationship with us. And this has been said a couple times this week already. It's a heart issue, not a religion issue. Today's supplemental reading that Pat chose is the only one from the New Testament this week. Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia that he established on his first missionary journey. And he's sending the same message as in his letter to the Romans. Uh, There were a group of Jewish Christians that were saying that Gentile Christians had to follow Jewish law in addition to their belief in Christ. In our reading today from Galatians 5, Paul emphasizes our freedom in Christ. And if we continue to live under the law, we are wasting the gift that Christ has so generously given through his life, death, and resurrection. As I was studying, I found a chart in a study Bible. Um, I don't have time to go over all of it, but I wanted to share some highlights because I thought it was um, well done. It talked about ways that Christianity is distorted. And I think this falls in line not only Um, with the false teachers topic that we talked about a couple weeks ago, but also to Paul's point about not letting people add requirements to the gospel. And to make this more relevant for you and I um, personally, I don't think this has to be read as just talking about others distorting Christianity to influence some group of people. I think sometimes we do this to ourselves on a personal level, So just keep that in mind as we go through these different distortions of Christianity. The first distortion would be Jews who become Christians, but feel that you have to become Jewish before you can become a Christian. So what they were doing and what we sometimes do also is add religious human traditions onto our faith and acceptance of Christ 
as a requisite for our forgiveness and salvation. Another distortion is legalized Christianity, which in summary is earning our salvation through a list of do's and don'ts, trying to make sure we are in God's favor by our good behavior. Sometimes we hold these rules for ourselves, and sometimes we expect them of others. A third distortion, I guess I would call it taking advantage of our freedom in Christ. The study called it lawless Christianity. It reminds me of Romans 6 when Paul asks if we should keep sinning just because we are not under the law. I guess it's kind of like Christians thinking, we know we're sinners, but we know we're saved, so we don't really need to worry about moral code or think too much about what God wants. I'm reminded of what Pastor Peter said at the beginning of the Roman study of we know, but we don't know because we don't want to know. We don't really want to acknowledge God's desires because that may stifle our choices that in the moment feel good and right to us. These distortions are different from true Christianity, and I'll share what this study um, wrote. Quote, Christians are those who believe inwardly and outwardly that Jesus' death has allowed God to offer them forgiveness and eternal life as a gift. They've accepted that gift through faith and are seeking to live a life of obedient gratitude for what God has done for them. End quote. So it's our relationship that drives our actions. I'd like to end with a personal story that I think ties into last week's sermon and also what was highlighted by this week's readings. This is a story of something my mother used to say, and it always resonated with me because I wanted her response to be my personal response also. There would be situations, um, for example, maybe my mom would offer to pray for someone or share a Bible verse or Maybe she would be talking about her involvement at church. And sometimes people would comment, oh, you're religious. Or maybe if they saw her carrying her Bible, they'd ask, are you religious? And often it carried the connotation that somehow her being comfortable speaking about Jesus was odd or painted a certain negative picture of what she must be like. But her response was always, no, I'm not religious, but I do have a personal relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm very thankful for my mother's faith and her recognition of the importance of a relationship with Christ. And she didn't think because she had a relationship that she could live like that third distortion of Christianity I just shared, that she was somehow above God's law. Instead, her relationship spurred her desire to walk in the ways God wanted for her, to be involved in her church, attend Bible studies, worship, and she was very faithful in her daily personal devotional and prayer time. And I never had the sense that any of that was done as obligation, but rather out of gratitude and recognition of who God is and what he'd done for her. Her response to people's comments about being religious was a witness to her understanding of what God wants from us. And her responses made me cautious to use the word religion or religious, as some do, as a synonym for faith. I've thought of religion as 
the human traditions that we may partake in because of our faith, where faith has to do more with our relationship with Christ. As Paul writes in verse 6 of today's reading, what's important is faith expressing itself through love. It's a heart issue. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for those who have gone before us, prophets, musicians, kings, apostles, and mothers, and their willingness, their obedience to speak your truth into our lives through their words and actions. Forgive us when we try to complicate your gift of freedom, complicate it for ourselves or for others. Help us to fully embrace the freedom your son bought for us through his life, death, and resurrection. Help us to live in a way so that our actions will say, I have a personal relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his precious name, amen. Amen.